welcome back to Nothing Left to Make Sense of, the wonderful podcast with two wonderful friends, Ben and Alexis. Alexis, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> we can't do this for a whole hour. <laughs> too, Energy on 10. Too much of it. That was like a radio show. Uh, no, can't do it. But I am glad to hear from you. We were gone a week, so this is all our excitement of coming back after a week apart. Yes. How was your uh, holiday or eating day? I don't know if people want to call it a holiday. Yeah, it was uh, conflicting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was good because it was just like close family. So normally you have such a big mess of people. And because of COVID, it was like just the core family. And it actually ended up being really good. And I cooked a bunch of food with Anna and it all turned out great. So I was proud of us. Oh, nice. What was your uh, favorite dish to cook? Oh, well, probably the three loaves of banana bread that we ate within four days. <laughs> uh, that was the best. <laughs> but we also, we made these sliders that were good and potatoes that were good um, and like a fruit salad thing. So just, it was all, it was all tasty nice. stuff, I would say, and not, nothing too difficult. Nice. Yeah. How was your um, Thanksgiving time? So it was fun. I ended up doing all of my cooking except for um, the dressing or stuffing, uh, some people call it. But um, Mm -hmm. my dad, maybe like a month before, was like, you're not allowed in my house for Thanksgiving. (laughs) Because (laughs) of COVID? He said it nicer. Yeah, because of COVID. So he was basically like, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Don't bring yourself into my house. Like, we can exchange food if we want. Like, we did that for Mother's Day. Gotcha. Um, And just drive by with the food. mm Mm-hmm. But basically was like, you're not allowed. So I was like, okay, well, I still want to have a regular Thanksgiving. So I made um, everything, and it turned out kind of good. And shout out to YouTube because I just got the recipes from there. Because I don't know if you've ever found this, but if you ask, like, you're, you know, an elder in your family, mm-hmm. specifically my grandmother, she's just like, you just cook it. Like, yeah, they don't have recipes. Put it in the pan. Yeah, They're just in just the like, kitchen vibing. <laughs> right. And I was like, that's not helpful. I had a whole phone conversation with her about making yams and when I told her how I made the yam she was like why would you do that and I was like you told me to do that (laughs) and she was like no I didn't and I was like okay I'm not gonna argue with you but yeah but grandma (laughs) (laughs) wasn't but it was good other people said it was good too um which is you know always validating love to be validated yes that is oh that is perfect segue into <laughs> grammy yes i do want to talk about the grammys at length because <laughs> um they really just weren't even shy about messing it up this year i don't think okay what i like your, your opinion i don't so i don't know um who was nominated for what like i have i'm going in blind i just heard a lot of dissent among the artists a lot of like, oh, I can't believe I wasn't nominated. But then in the same breath, I don't care if I'm not nominated. But you do care, obviously. Um, right. And I don't think it's like, I get the point of like, oh, I do this for the fans. But everyone wants to be acknowledged. Yeah, like, I think even, so. Especially like, artists. Corporate cultures, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> artists. But like, even for like normal people like us, it's like proven that like, if someone tells mm, you yes. a job, that will like improve your, your day and your yeah so there are entire departments of companies that is just centered around recognition and like excellence of of that so yeah totally um so basically 
I mean, the Grammys have never been perfect. And, you know, there's a ton of like, um, I feel like it's the same thing with like all award shows where people will make things specific for a reward or yeah, an award. Um, Mm -hmm. Or it's like, oh, this is such a a Grammy type album or type song. Um, And The Weeknd was the big artist that I saw being like, this is ridiculous that I wasn't nominated. You owe like an explanation or transparency for me and my fans and the whole industry, which I think is legit. Like I would like to see how some people get nominated over others for sure. Um, And I think the bigger like, like issue overlaying all of this is the fact that the Grammys have always been very whitewashed and you look at this list and it's definitely like uh, more white artists than black artists I believe from skimming through it I didn't do a count but I'm pretty sure that that would be the case (laughs) um okay so do you know that I'm not a fan of the weekend no I did well. Okay. Yeah, I knew you weren't a fan, but I don't know if that translates to like you don't like him at all, or you just don't like his music. Oh no, just his music. Okay. So I haven't heard any weekend songs ever. That's not true. <laughs> um, the face one, I can't feel your mm-hmm. face. The face one, that's what it is on the album. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, someone made me a playlist, and I have that wait. Do you know that song, Wasted Times? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I know that song by heart, but I didn't tell them to put that on playlist. But those are like the two main songs I know. Okay. So people, basically this album was great, I'm yes. guessing. I really did like it, yeah. And it was, um, <clears throat> it was like big production and like, I mean, he always kind of is. I like the like 80s kind of vibe to it, to some of the songs. So I liked it a lot. Um, I mean, The Weeknd has won Grammys before and been nominated before, but just, I think it was just that nothing off his album like he had no nominations this year if i'm right that it's like how can there not be a single spot for such a i mean he's doing the super bowl this year off this album right not that that's like a big thing anymore but you know what i mean but i think so i was thinking that maybe the grammys was like it's the super bowl or us that's the kind of thing i got from it you think they're they're making a war out of this in a way yeah because aren't they typically the same weekend I guess I didn't think about that. The Grammys are January 31st. They're definitely around the same time, if not the same time. Yeah, Super Bowl's probably usually February 7th. Okay, so the week after. Probably couldn't do both. Or maybe it was like we want an exclusive the weekend performance. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, people aren't going to tune in to both. Like, he's either going to perform at one or the other. Mm -hmm. I could see that. I didn't think about that, but yeah, I could definitely see it. It does seem kind of petty. On the Grammys but, part. But, you know, that's what, that's what they're there for. That's true. I'm kidding. I don't know if they're there. That's what they're there That's for. what they love to do. <laughs> um, but, yeah, with award shows, it's always, like, it's a campaign and it's money. I mean, it's just, yeah, like. exactly. That's what I was trying to say before, have, yes. <laughs> yeah. The more money you have, basically, the more, you know, you have to, like, pander to the voters, basically. Just like in a, an election. Yeah. It's all money. That's all it that's is. That's what it takes. But, um, what uh does it say what he's won grammys in before like what category what would he have been nominated um just a quick google i'm seeing in 2016 he won r&b performance and urban contemporary album and then he won urban contemporary album again in 2018 and then he's had nominations for best album best record best pop solo performance best uh, r&b song that kind of stuff so r&b some pop but 
probably R&B and urban contemporary is his like strongest category. I feel like the people who are nominated though were good. For this you year? I mean like it yeah. Let me see. Let me pull it up. Um would it be so let me check first R&B. So um Black Parade, I do yeah, Jacob Collier, Brittany Howard, Emily King and Jeanne Yoko. Did I say that right? I know it's What's her Shanae last name? Aieko. Aieko. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean they all are very good and worthy of a nomination. Yeah, I think R&B music I exclusively listen to in pop. So, so yeah, so you're the expert here then. <laughs> I will go to you. But but I'm not the expert because I would have agreed that he shouldn't be nominated because I didn't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um Did they get rid of Urban yeah. Contemporary? I'm not seeing I think they change the names every year. Oh. It's like, what is urban contemporary? Well, yeah, when I read that, I was like, that's such a weird way to describe, like, R- are you saying R&B? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean by urban? Yeah, like, the genres are odd. Yeah. I don't know. Because, like, I think R&B music is not, like, what I listen to. I think I might listen to, like, alternative or, like, indie R&B music. But, like, yeah. I feel like R&B music is, like, very like 90s almost like if you think of like an r&b song i think you would think like more like 90s and what we have now is kind of like a mix of like soul yeah and um yeah do you like um you don't expect any rapping to be in your r&b songs right like but then r&b artists will get brought on to rap songs for like the hook right so if I feel like if you added a rapper into it, maybe that's contemporary. Maybe urban contemporary. Because I think the weekend has had songs like that where he's like rapping, but he sings the hook. Or maybe, well, I guess he doesn't ever really rap, but you know what I mean. It's not like all him singing. Yeah, it's like it's like what Beyonce does. Yeah, like that rap singing. <laughs> right. Temp, up tempo. She is very good at that. Yeah. Um. um but okay, so. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna. The last point I wanted to make on the um, like racial bias is like the fact that um, Macklemore won best rap album over Kendrick, and it took Lauren Hill being like making a perfect album to win uh, a Grammy. So ba- basically, just the hurdles that black artists, yeah, they have to like perform perfectly with a perfect album to get a Grammy spot. It seems. Um, so that that's all I wanted to put out there is like, I feel like the Grammys have a lot of work to do. There's a ton of women. I think this year, like, all the, the rock category was, like, almost all women nominated, oh. which is cool. Um, all white women, for the most part. I think Brittany Howard's in there um, as well. But, yeah, so I just think it's not surprising that, like, the the Grammys doesn't do a great job of getting a very diverse crowd in their list. Yeah, I... So I'm sh- I struggle with like you said the weekend has won Grammys before. Yes. So you so is it like is he I guess he's allowed to do whatever he wants but is he allowed because I can't think of another word <laughs> to be upset <laughs> about not getting a nomination this year when you've already mm. won some and you've been nominated before and they've acknowledged you it's not like you've never won a Grammy and this was the best album you ever put out. And they're like, you know what, screw you. Because it does, re- to me, it seems like a politicky thing, right, with with him. Sure. But for, like, um, when, like, Jay-Z was nominated 18 times and he didn't win that year, but he's won, like, 27 Grammys. Yeah. I guess, like... I don't... That number's not correct, by the way, but... You no, know, that's perfectly right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think... I guess it 
thinking of it like how an artist would. It's like if they mm-hmm. feel like this album or song is like some of their best work or whatever, or like they're really behind it, and then to get, like you said, to not get any validation on that, like maybe that's where the complaint comes in. But you're right. Like it's not like he can make a case that the Grammys have always done this to him because he has won and been nominated. But then also in the same vein, maybe I'm just not, I'm not on the artist side in this. Conversation. <laughs> uh, Alexis um, is anti-artist. <laughs> <laughs> I am pro Grammys because I want one. I want to be an EGOT so bad. That would I'm be amazing. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. So I, but there's something about it being exclusive and everyone mm. can't get nominated. Everyone can't win. Right. So it, you know, like. There is some disappointment in not being nominated, but then when you are nominated, it's a really good honor. So you can't, I don't think you can play both sides of like, they need to always nominate everyone because then it wouldn't be as exclusive. Yeah. And you wouldn't have them on your mantle and you wouldn't take pick, you know what I'm saying? Like as much as people want to act like, oh, I don't care if I'm not nominated, they care. Yeah. I think they clearly care. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. They clearly care. But it's like, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> but I do want to say, <laughs> I think it's weird. Did you see what Justin Bieber did? Uh, No, I don't think so. Okay. He was nominated. Okay. But great. then he wrote an op ed. I love that word. Ooh, yeah. Uh, I like that anybody can Instagram. write them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'd be reading them like, see this uh article? And it's like, it's an op ed. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> He wrote one on his Instagram saying, like, I appreciate, you know, the nomination Grammys, and I'm not trying to sound ungrateful, but I uh, made an R&B album, and I was nominated in the pop category. Nothing Mm. about my album is pop. It's solely R&B, and yada, yada. I should have been nominated for an R&B album. Again, against the people who made R&B albums, (laughs) <laughs> right. I don't think just like even if they were like considering his album an R&B, he would not have been nominated for that. No. Compared to actual R&B albums, even though his is technically in his words an actual R&B album. Well, that's interesting to me and Monish and I were just talking about this because uh, of Spotify Wrapped, which maybe we'll get to, because genre in general is like way too interconnected and blurred, for, in my opinion, at this point to like. Anybody could be like, oh, my album is kind of a mix of like pop rock with like kind of indie or whatever. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. so I almost feel like he can say that. But if they're going to do categories based on genre, they, they have to have some way to separate it. And um, I don't know who is the expert to weigh in. And like, is it up to the artist to be like, no, I, I think this should be R&B? Or does someone listen Does some expert say like, well, it follows these core principles of like pop what we call pop music Mm. which like pop music is more and more r&d and hip-hop than it has been in the past 20 years so it's just so blurred that like i i wouldn't know how to weigh in and say whether or not it's it i have i also have not listened to his album so i can't really weigh in either way yeah i'm going off the one song the holy yes yeah (laughs) that doesn't feel like that's not r&b I guess it's an R&B song to me. It's like gospel influenced, but it's as much a pop ballad as any other pop ballad, I think. Yeah, and nothing is wrong with that. No, I agree. I don't think so. And so, and then you're getting like, okay, now you're splitting hairs, Justin. You were nominated. Do you think he just wants to like sound cooler or more like mature in his music that it's like it's R&B, not pop? 
Like, he was a pop artist all growing up. Do you think he just wants to get away from that? I don't know if he wants to get away from it so much as he wants to um, latch on to something, like you said, is more popular. Mm. Like, maybe he's like, I'm Justin Bieber. I'm going to do the cool thing now. Just like how everyone started making trap music. Yeah. Because it was popular, but, like, not everyone is a trap artist, and it just sounds weird. You can just hear kind of, like, the... I don't think this is right. The zeitgeist of music kind of like mm-hmm. you know, changes. Like when the Migos came out, a lot of that was like influencing everything. Yeah. And the ad libs and stuff. And it kind of still is. But like you can just kind of feel the shift. So maybe he's just like, okay, R&B music is where it's at right now. I'm going to shift a little and do this, which is fine. Mm-hmm, but I don't yeah. really think that um, that song oh, I've listened to qualified <laughs> as right. uh, R&B. But I just think it's weird. Like you were... I don't know, like, would you be like, oh, I wanted to be nominated for this, but I got this? Like, you were still nominated. I don't know. I think, like, these are conversations that should have maybe stayed in, like, their family or, like, yeah, private. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was, like, a Twitter or an Instagram thing that needed to, like, share your disappointment for not getting nominated. Because then it feels like you're stealing the shine from the people who are excited about it. Right, yeah. I, w- I would totally agree. And the last thing I guess I'll have to say on it is, like, that's where some transparency from the Grammys would maybe be helpful to be like, here's mm-hmm. how our voting process is, how we like pick these categories and, and everything. And I don't know, maybe then it could be like the artist wouldn't have as much to complain about because it would be right there in front of them. Like, this is why you are nominated for this category. Yeah, totally agree. Um, we should run the Grammys. Also, Hold on, let me make a call. <laughs> <laughs> but also... Can we not publicly complain about awards when people are dying? I, it's not a oh, yeah. This is not the most important thing. <laughs> <laughs> Justin. Uh, okay. <laughs> Mabel. Mabel. Abel. What's the, what's the weekend's real name? Abel. Mabel. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Mabel. Like he's an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> Abel. Abel. Yes. Um, but okay, since you brought it up, let's talk about our Spotify. Yeah. Well, let's not reveal too much because mine's I'm embarrassed. But... um. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna share because it's kind of funny. How do I even pull it up, or is it gone forever? Now? No, you, you can if you Google it again, it'll like link you back to it. But it should be in your like Discover tab somewhere on your Spotify app. Um, I'll just like for me for mine just like quick. Um, for one, I accidentally left an album on like repeat while driving, like but like the volume was down or something. Um, and so, and it was an album where every single song credits three different artists. So my top five artists are those three. Are them. Yep. And, and then, um, I think it's then Doja Cat and Taylor Swift, which I'm not really embarrassed about that, except that that's very clearly influenced from, um, living with Anna because mm. like she had those two on her list too. And like, those are some of her favorites this year, but you know, I, I also like them, but I just don't know if they'd be in my top five otherwise. That's not bad. I think I feel like Doja Cat was in a lot of people's. Yeah. I think we had Say So on repeat. Say So, yeah, she did have a lot of big songs this year, so good for, good for her. Um, but wasn't that last year? Because I remember we were, like, listening to it before I left. It might have um, came out last year, and then she put it on whatever album she released this year. Okay. Because I was, like, I remember you, like, um, telling, we were listening to just some of her, uh, lyrics when we went to Lowe's do you remember I remember that? specifically going to Lowe's and listening to 
the thong with Smino, the uh, yeah. uh, won't bite. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. I got to find mine. Hold on. I don't know how to get to it. Okay. You got it? My top artist, number one, Ariana Grande. Yes. 100%. For you, makes sense. That's fair. Yep. Yes. Uh, Usher is number two. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because you listen Doja to Yeah all the time. It's your favorite <laughs> song. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I, I think I might have told you this, but I was leaving a wedding, um, a COVID wedding. And when we were leaving, yeah, was playing. And I was like, this is perfect. Oh, yeah. Time Beautiful. I need to leave. Like, <laughs> of course, this song comes on when I'm getting out of here. Perfect. Um, so Ariana Grande, Usher, Doja Cat, John Legend, because of his Christmas album, mm. Legendary Christmas, the deluxe version. When did you start it. listening to that? You listen to that all year? <laughs> Uh, I can't remember if you told me you listen to Christmas music through the year. I'm I listen sure you to do. Christmas music throughout the yeah, year. Yeah, okay. But I think it like might have been like m- summer months, no, but like January mm. to maybe March, yes, because it's great. And then <laughs> <laughs> maybe starting before Thanksgiving, I was listening to it. Okay, it's great. It's really good. No, I, I totally agree. It's very good. I I can't I can't listen to Christmas music outside of Christmas time. <laughs> But it's such a like, such a good album. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson's on my Christmas playlist. Ariana Grande has a song on there. But I'm just the like, Beavers, what are we talking about? It's it's March. What are we what are you talking about? <laughs> Christmas times and is here, you know. <laughs> it just makes you warm, and you just yeah, think it's about very cozy. cocoa and fireplaces. Yeah, yeah. Good times. That is family. true. That is true. Yes. Um, and then last. Is Danity Kane, which I think is funny. Yes. I don't know how I listen to Danity <laughs> God, Kane. What year that is much. it? <laughs> <laughs> when was the last so, time? Hold on, I gotta look. Danity Kane formed in 2005. <laughs> oh my gosh, this. I, I feel like they haven't made any music in the past six to ten years. Well, like they've broken up multiple times. So oh. it's been like four of them, then three of them, then two of them, then three of them, then four. Like it's just yeah. been going back and forth. So I think the most recent song of theirs I listened to is Lemonade featuring Tyga. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) And I think I heard that in like a Zumba class in college. And I was like, I like this song. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. If you look at their member, so Wikipedia has like a a members chart and it's just like kind of like a mess because there's been like two reunions and multiple people drop out and then come back in at different times. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. They were really successful, though. Oh, yeah. I love Danity Kane. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, you wanted to kind of talk about how they're, like, collecting data on us? Yeah. So, I, to be uh, clear, I heard this from a podcast called Beyond the Bot in a little snippet. They were doing Instagram snippets, kind of like what I think you wanted to do for us. Um, so, maybe I'll send you those. Out, guys. I'll, just, I'll send you what theirs were <laughs> so you can get an idea for what they did. Yeah. Um, they're these, uh, like YouTubers that make, uh, anime specific content. If that doesn't sum me up in a nutshell for who I am, but, and this is also Yodoye Travis is in that group and he's, he's, a, oh, he's a comedian. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has a dark tank podcast. He's so great. Um, and so, but anyway, in this podcast snippet, they were talking about how Spotify is like essentially data mining based on, and like advertising for a personality. 
and in, in doing so, they're kind of like shaping your personality. They're like, oh, you listen to this, so you must like to like run and work out. So like, here's your run and work out playlist. And it's like, I do think it's funny because you like, they do have genres, but if you scroll through, you can go to like moods in Spotify. And it's like, this is when you're with your pre-gaming with your girls at a girls night out. And it's like, interesting how it's like, based on what you're listening to, that they can try to shape a personality around you and then that's where the advertising can come in and say like this person is always listening to running playlist sell that to google google starts recommending that they buy running shoes and like now you've got it all in one ecosystem formed around you based on what you listen to yeah that's what everyone's trying to do right they're just trying to sell us stuff 100 like, percent. becoming there's a shopping tab I, right on there yeah yes which is, they haven't figured me out yet because real bad choices but <laughs> <laughs> I think like my interests are so varied and mm-hmm. random and like I follow a lot of like anti uh money spending things. Yeah. <laughs> they're probably like, eh, she might not be the one. <laughs> yeah. They're like, this is a lost cause, guys. Right. That's interesting though, yeah. I mean it's all like we have no privacy. No. I mean yeah, it's not but some surprising. people enjoy it. Yeah. Some people enjoy it because it's like, okay, I don't have to think about what I need, like it's right there. My house knows I don't have any more cereal. My house knows I don't have any more milk. Like it, it's an interesting thing to think about, like how lazy we become. Oh, like I was sure. watching a movie with my parents the other day, and they have DVR, which I think is so cute. That <laughs> <And> is <laughs> the commercial. Yeah, the commercial came on, and I was like, "What is this?" Why oh, am I watching that's not so the TV? Funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like instantly was upset and I was like, why am I so mad that I'm watching this ad? But um, yeah, I was just like, I don't have the patience anymore to sit through an ad because ads are now just kind of built into everything. Like they're kind of hidden more. Right. So we don't even think about it. But when a TV show would bl- like stop so abruptly and then you'd have to watch a Metamucil commercial. Like, <laughs> not even know, a fun commercial right it's interesting they, yeah sorry i i feel like i remember there are certain like commercials from growing up that i still remember and i remember being like i liked those commercials but now if a commercial stops me from watching something i'm like like you said it's like why am i seeing this like i don't want this on my screen and so there's like they, kids now don't even have any i assume are all streaming stuff and don't even like watch commercials the way we used to yeah and it's like low-key the reason i watch the super bowl yeah. yeah, it's like, it's an interesting transition, you know, we're in right now. Because I think it's a lot of, like, hidden advertisements. They've moved away from being so clear about, this is an ad. Mm-hmm. It might not be true to kind of just, like, oh, my favorite person is now, like, showing me how to use this cool thing. And you don't really think it's an ad, but they're obviously getting paid for it. Um, right. Yeah, it's really interesting. Hmm. Yeah, but like like you were kind of hinting at, I feel like I am not one of those paranoid people that's like, they can't have any of my information because like all my information's out there. Like if they want it, they can get to it. So it's not even yeah. so much of like, I'm afraid of what Spotify is doing with this like personality advertising stuff. It's just really interesting to think like that they can do that. And it's just how we live now. I, I think I am pretty paranoid. Oh, are you? What are you, what are you, what is your like worst, well, maybe not worst case because I could get, like, what are you afraid realistically? <laughs> um, 
I just think I like the idea of anonymity, so I'm not famous by any means, but like the idea of like true am am I can't say it again anonymity. You had it. I th- I think you had it better than I, I said think. it. Ri- you did. I said it the right the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just the idea of like Google not being like you looked at this three hours ago. Now I'm gonna fill your browser with you know this. Yeah. Like just the I don't know. I'm go back and forth because I do like when apps are like these are the clothes you like from here. These are like mm-hmm. the shoes you like, and that makes it easier to kind of get through everything. But eh, I just don't like there's a file in me somewhere, kind of like yeah like, digital i don't like that my like great grandkids could maybe figure out what i was doing today you know what i mean oh i hadn't thought of that <laughs> they don't need to do that <laughs> right but then it kind of and maybe i'm a weirdo i think in the future which is not great i should be in the present but then it kind of like alters how you move in the world because you're like ooh, i don't want to do that because that could come and back and bite me in 10 years when i want to do this or you know right when i want to apply for a job or when i want I don't know, run for governor. Like, I'm not going to do But you know what I mean? You like, could. All these things come back to bite everyone you see now. So I'm like, we really should be careful about how much data and information we give to the internet via us posting ourselves. Because mm-hmm. people are screenshotting away. I've seen somebody screenshot one of the close friends things. Oh, yikes. And I was like, that's not what you do with that's, this guy. That's against the rules. Right. And but. And that's why I never had a Snapchat because I was like, I don't get it. Like, it's it'll be here forever. Like, it's obviously not disappearing. Yeah, people can screen record and like, there's yeah, yeah. yeah I I mean, hopefully, I guess like it'll become more. Some of it will become more normalized in the sense that I don't think you should be like disparaged for what you did on like social media if everyone's doing. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Now the ne- like at some point there'll be a president that like you can go look up all their cringy tweets and stuff and it's just like well everyone is making cringy tweets. So, who knows. It's I just think in the future maybe I should just chill out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should all just chill out for a little bit. My life motto. Okay, so. Yes. I wanted to talk about this when it was going on, but we were on a break because it was a holiday. Um, I don't even know how to bring this up. But do you, so Dave Chappelle yes. was in the news, and it was very triggering for me, and I realized that I wasn't mad about Dave Chappelle. I was just mad about the state of the world, which is fair. There's a lot of crazy things going on right now. But basically... Dave Chappelle famously quit the Chappelle show in like 2005 or something or whatever and went to Africa for a couple months and then moved to Ohio and like lived his life and then came back a few years ago with these great stand-ups mm-hmm. and you know is killing the game. Yes. So, in 2005, Netflix didn't exist. Streaming wasn't a thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. well maybe Netflix existed, but streaming wasn't a thing. And all of, you know, the state of the world and industry is very um different than it was back then so he didn't know what he was necessarily giving up he wasn't happy with how the show was going this is all my personal um, opinion on this by the way (laughs) and he didn't want to be a part of it Um, but he had obviously sold his likeness and everything to Comedy Central and the executives and so the Chappelle show remained owned by them fast forward to 2020 uh, whatever month it is 
and The Chappelle Show is now streaming on Netflix. So Dave Chappelle has this video out. I didn't watch it because I was so upset. <laughs> so I still need to watch it. Um, and I admit that I don't have all the information, but I listened to another podcast where they explained it to me. And basically he was saying, like, the industry is rigged and, like, lawyers and executives are all working together against creatives to basically own all of their information and all of their output for themselves and ripping them off, essentially, okay. which is fair. I'm not in that industry, but I think that is fair um, and it's true or whatever. So he then asked people to boycott The Chappelle Show on Netflix and then retroactively asked Netflix to take The Chappelle Show off, which Netflix agrees to and takes off. My issue with this is I don't really like, again, it just seems like um, rich people right now are having a field day. They just can't be rich and be quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I didn't like that he was asking people who legally pay for Netflix, which, by the way, is getting, you know, an increase. Yeah, I heard. At the end of the year or something. It's going to suck, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You legally pay for it. So we're legally streaming your show. Yeah. You follow me? Yes, yes. Um, So far. Whoever owns it, I think, I don't know who owns Comedy Central, but is it Viacom maybe? Viacom owns it, so Netflix is paying Viacom for the show they legally own because Dave Chappelle left in all of his rights back in 2005 when he quit. So I didn't like seeing, like, boycott it, pay Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle deserves his money, Mm. because it's like, technically, he doesn't deserve any money because he doesn't own it, and he quit the show. Right. So I was just annoyed. Yeah, I was just like, it just seemed weird to me that like, someone who's so well off was, essentially, I thought at first he was, like, upset because he wasn't getting paid for his work, which I can understand, but back in 2005, this wasn't a thing. Streaming wasn't a thing. You know, paying for the rights for something wasn't really, like, a model that was widely used, so you did, you couldn't foresee this happening in the future, so it's not even something, like, they specifically wrote on in the contract, so it wasn't mm-hmm. even, like, they blindsided him, you know... He, he left, so he gave yeah. up his rights to the show. So I was just annoyed that so many people were going so hard for him and boycotting something that I pay for to legally watch um, <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. I thought it was tone deaf, and I was just like, why aren't we all going hard for like the people who don't get hero pay anymore and the people who haven't been able to work for the last eight months because things have been closed and it just seemed like misplaced energy for me and so I realized it really wasn't about Dave Chappelle but it was really about like my irritation that people seem to only care about rich people having problems when there's so many people around you who could use a helping hand in that Mm -hmm. same level of energy that you seem to be giving Dave Chappelle for whatever reason because you're like, oh my God, this millionaire is not getting more money. How dare yeah. how dare the billionaire company? <laughs> and it's like they're on the, the same side of the you know of the coin. Like they're both we're not both helping fine. you. Exactly. Yeah. I, at first I was and, gonna say, wow, you're just really anti-artist, but I think <laughs> I think it's <laughs> it is really just more that like that other people like the fact that we only seem to get upset and like claim that something is unfair or whatever when it's like a rich person's problem yeah and then someone so i put on instagram like hot take he'll be fine yes and i was like kind of baiting 
people because I was like, I want to talk about this. Yeah. I want to be challenged on my view because I don't claim to be right all the time, but I do claim you to have You kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> or I can at least, okay, I don't. No, I'm kidding. I do claim to be right all the time, but I can't admit when I'm wrong or I am open to listening to why I might be wrong. Right. Um, <clears throat> and someone brought up like race and like saying like Louis C.K. or Amy Schumer wouldn't be treated the same way. And I thought that was not the point. Yeah. I've um if you've listened to any of Dave Chappelle's most recent stand ups, he's made it very clear, just like with Ellen's stand up and other rich people, Jerry Seinfeld, like they have delineated themselves from the working class. Like they grew up in it, but now they know they're rich enough to be able to live a different life. Oh yeah, yeah. Regardless of their race or their background. Like Ellen is a, a lesbian. Like that was an issue for her and it kind of ruined her career, but now she can do whatever the hell she wants because she has a lot of money. Yes. Yeah. And I think people really, I just thought it was off topic because I don't think the issue was that, you know, he's a black man and they're doing this because he's black. The issue really was he decided to do something 10 years ago and now it's not having the same effect that he thought it would. Cause you know, typically it'd be like, Oh, the show is, you know, gone. It's never going to be seen again unless you buy a DVD and then you have to develop that and all that whole thing. But now we can watch, you know, whatever, whenever, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not really anti-artist. <laughs> I think I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with the state of things and how much energy people on the internet, which is why I should get off the internet, um, give to things that aren't really impactful to them or like people who actually need help. Yeah, I think it's fair to be like, well, and in this situation, I don't know if Dave Chappelle is getting screwed over in any way. And even if he was, like you said, he'd be fine. But it's fair to be like, if there's like a, like Taylor Swift is re-recording, oh, I, I don't want to get it wrong. One of her albums. Her uh, first one. Her first one. Yeah. Or all of them, right? I guess all of them up to blank space, right? So, and that whole situation, that's more of like, she is actually getting screwed over. And if she wants to be able to say, I own this music, like, then she needs to re-record it. And so I can understand situations where you're like, that's really like, like BS that this corporation or this manager or whatever, somebody is doing something that affects... One person. Yeah. To be like, but it's different from being like, hey, that's kind of like that's crap that she has to deal with that versus like, I'm going to put all my energy into trying to help her when it's like she or whoever is like a grown adult that is okay. They are rich. They have all their money. Like they are going to be okay. There are people that could use that support that don't have all the money back in them already. Right. So I get that. Yeah. She has the resources to re-record her album, which she is going to. Which she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, can feel sorry for her but at the end of the day she's like okay i'm just gonna re-record all my music and now the masters won't be worth anything because i'll have re-recorded it right so booyah you know what i mean i don't know how tv works but basically it's not about dave chappelle or anyone it's mostly about like my um irritation with the world (laughs) yeah i can back that and I re- it took me two weeks to figure that out, though, because I was mad. <laughs> you gotta you gotta work through the emotions and what you're feeling, you know. What am I upset about? And it's like it has nothing to do with Dan. You know, um, therapists get paid a lot of money to do what I'm doing with you on this podcast every week. I'm just saying. <laughs> and I and I have one. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have two. Yeah, double um, the therapy. One, one person's getting paid. Um, I, I just yeah. do it for the friendship. It's fine. <laughs> Same. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think. Do we want to talk? I think this has been a good, like, catch-up episode on some things. We can yeah. we can keep going on these, like, random topics, or we can... It is December, so I think most of our podcasts this month will maybe revolve around a Christmas theme. So yeah. what, where are you, where's your head at with uh, Christmas movies or keep talking about things we missed? Um, we, I don't – what did you want to talk about tipping? Oh, didn't you say – didn't we talk about something on the podcast with tipping and then you sent me how tipping links back to when uh, slavery oh. ended and restaurant <laughs> – Owners. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it all like goes you back to racism. Pick out, yeah, and then people get really upset when you do that. But everyone, just go look that up. It's pretty interesting um, information on how tipping goes back to like post slavery days. Yes. Um, fun. <laughs> Very fun. <laughs> In the spirit of that, we could talk about Christmas. Let's let's do holiday. that. Holiday. Let's just quickly get into the fact that it is the Christmas season, and there's. Mm. The exact same um, artwork on the front of every holiday movie on every streaming service. <laughs> so they're all going to be the same. Just pick one. Yes. How many ways can people fall in love around Christmas time? I think Lifetime is trying to prove it. Lifetime, they, Hallmark. Oh, but like Netflix is making their... Seven. Oh my gosh. That's too many. Seven Christmas movies. Netflix is making their own like original Hallmarky type Christmas movies these days. They're not good though. No. I watched um, Holiday Christmas Drop or something, Operation oh, Christmas yeah. Drop. yeah, which is uh, military propaganda from what I can tell. It kind of uh, seems like the military was like, make this movie, we'll give you whatever budget you want. and then like. But it's based on a true story. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they, so uh, this uh, base in wherever they were, I obviously was based in Jinjin, does like this holiday um, drop-off, but it's really like for supplies mm-hmm. and stuff to like third world countries so it is nice but the movie like do we need a love christmas story around it does it make you does it seem like they're saying see how good the military is everyone should respect and support and join the military which not well yeah that's that's the plot point so a congresswoman is trying to close the military base and um her aide goes down there and falls in love and is like this is what christmas is about the love falling in love part or the giving of the stuff. Well, the giving the stuff part. But then she also falls in love. And then, like, in real life, you would have just been immediately fired. <laughs> the movie would have ended, like, 20 minutes before when she was like, I told you to come back to Washington, and yeah. she didn't. And then she, the congresswoman showed up, spoiler alert, spo- spoiler alert <laughs> showed up, then told her, go back to Washington in her face. Then she still didn't go back to Washington. And I was like, I don't know how you still have this job. (laughs) She's that good. I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't that great. I watched um, Christmas with a View recently, I think, with with my family around Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's like... Which one is that? It's very um, Hallmarky, but I think it's a Netflix one. But it's um, this girl, this, this, like, basically restaurant... um, What's the word? I can't think of it. A chef. He's a like bachelor chef guy. He wins this TV competition and becomes like the most eligible man in the world. And um, <laughs> then he ends up working in the mountains at this little like restaurant where this girl works as like the manager. And of course, like they fall in love. 
but then she it's one of those ones where like um the the bad guy is like the owner of the restaurant that is trying to like expand the area into like more restaurants and parking lots and take over all these small town shops and um it it went it was honestly like a movie about nothing i felt like i was like they fell in love like immediately and then it was just like just nothing really fun. happens and I like just it didn't seem like there were any real consequences going on at any point it was bad i wouldn't recommend that one <laughs> we should just have a bad christmas movie episode did you yes. see so there's two movies i did like did you see holiday no i think anna was watching that one i'll ask her if she liked it i haven't seen yeah, it holiday was really good um it was like tvma because they were saying some stuff immediately Ooh. off the back and i'm like what is, can you say this on tv well, it's um, on netflix they can say anything yeah but still, some of the things catch me off guard. Yeah. I, I understand it's streaming, but I, in my head, I'm like, I'm still watching this on the TV, so I can't hear all of those words. I get that. Um, another good one's on Hulu, the one with Kristen Stewart. Yeah, um, Happiest Season. I want to watch that. That cast looks amazing. It was – I really enjoyed it. Um, it's one of the – it's, like, in the, the category of, like, queer Christmas movies, but I – it seemed really good. I want to watch it. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I get why it's in the category, but it also is just a Christmas movie. I'm like, I think that's what, from <laughs> what I read, the, like, LGBTQ community is, like, well, I don't know if they meant about this movie or not, but basically uh-huh. saying, like, can't we just have a movie where, like, the characters are gay, but, like, the point of the movie isn't that one of them is going to come out or that they're trying to hide it or that, like, you know, like, it should just be about the couple if that's what it's going to be about. Um, yeah. And, I mean, obviously, this seemed Great. like not that. Like, this movie from the trailer looked like they still play up all those tropes of, like, your family doesn't get it and coming out, and it's, like, this whole thing. But it still looked really funny and really good. Yeah, so I want your opinion on it after you watch it because I think movies – I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Movies will do a good job of making a character bad. But mm. then in five minutes, you're supposed to forgive them. And I was upset. <laughs> you don't have time for I that? up – no, I was like, nope, I don't forgive her. I don't, I don't believe this. She needs to, you know, have more consequences. Like, mm. nope. Gotcha. <laughs> so, like, everyone else is like, Merry Christmas. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you don't deserve to have a Merry Christmas. You're the worst. <laughs> they really should, like, maybe I should be in, um, like, a test audience. Because some of these movies yeah. be doing crazy stuff and then, like, you would... wanting you to, like, flip and i'm like why would anyone be okay with what just happened you would definitely give a uh new opinion on things yeah like in another movie i just watched um uh merry little christmas it has kelly Rowland in it oh i saw it yeah yeah it's like a the wedding one yep and they uh spoiler alert who cares um (laughs) <laughs> the wedding planner quits and is like I'm taking out all my stuff with me so they don't have any decorations they don't have any catering how are they going to have the wedding exactly so she was just completely okay with this like the most you got out of her was like a oh you know like <laughs> yeah. oh and like a frown and then next season or next scene they're like okay how are we going to put this wedding together and I'm like I would need a good week because I would not talk to my family after they just ruined my whole yeah. thing yeah I was just like, I mean, I know it's a movie, but like, the the consequences to the actions are very minimal. And then 
real life they would be very big, or maybe I'm just dramatic. Well, um, (laughs) (laughs) I do think most Christmas movies keep the, like, consequences low in general, because it's like, that's not what the goal of a Christmas movie is about. (laughs) So So I'm, like, mad at the unrealisticness. I think so, but I don't know. Maybe maybe there are ones that have real consequences. It's just like it never seems like you know. There's not a lot of like Christmas dramas. True, but maybe that's what we need from Stormy. <laughs> we could have one. Are you a person who thinks if there if Christmas happens in a movie, is it a Christmas movie? Um, no. Like, oh, just Christmas okay. is happening in the background? The whole movie? Or, like, it's referenced that Christmas happens? It's referenced that Christmas happens. Um, go through a period that the characters are experiencing the holidays, and then it moves on. No, I don't think... I personally wouldn't feel like that's a Christmas movie. Like, you can watch it around Christmas, obviously, that's fine. But that is... I think, like, the Harry Potter movies, a lot of them mention Christmas, and then, like, are always part of the TV marathon of Christmas movies. Um... Like Die Hard. Die Hard is the one I was about to, yeah. That die, yeah. I've never thought of Die Hard as a Christmas movie, but a lot of people do. But not for me. It's just set in Christmas time doesn't make it a Christmas movie. I feel like Christmas movies have to elicit that feeling, which, which I would almost say, like, if you really like Harry Potter, you might get that cozy Christmas feeling from that and then fine, whatever. But, like, I don't think, I don't think Die Hard or the Harry Potter movies were made with the idea of it being a movie you'd watch on Christmas. Or is it just that a lot of like films came out during, around Christmas, like a lot? Of, you know, oh yeah, that's true. That Thanksgiving. That's like, like the big Christmas. time for releases. Yeah. Do we just have like that nostalgia of like, oh, I watched this at Christmas, so it is a movie I now watch at Christmas. Right. I definitely think that happens. I think mm-hmm. we should do a full episode on Christmas movies because yes. we can do all the good ones and all the bad ones and like what our favorites are, and there's plenty there. Oh my goodness. I'm like kind of taking up Lifetime's challenge of watching Christmas movies 24-7. That sounds horrible, <laughs> but I'm like, how many movies could you have made? Yeah, I think you should track down a list and try to go through them all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Those are blending together. Oh yeah, you'll be like um, guessing the plot easily though. They all, I mean, it, what is it? A chance meeting. Mm-hmm. Around the holidays. Are people just lonely around the holidays and that's why everyone yeah, just happens to just stumble into love? <laughs> it's cuffing season. <laughs> that's what, there should has to be a Christmas movie called It's Cuffing Season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and then Mariah Carey has a Christmas special that I am definitely tuning into. Are you going to Oh yeah. Yes. I'll check that out. That's right. Perfect for you. And I think good for her after she's made... Um, an obscene amount of money off the the holiday. She should put her own special out. Yeah, it's it's surprising yeah. that she hasn't ever had one. Exactly. I know she goes on like a concert every year. Mm, yeah, or on tour every year. Goes on. This, I mean, she's got to perform at like like New Year's ball drop stuff like once a year and like different venues once like big televised things. I feel like, but yeah, yeah. Wow, she really made it big. I think she like the came the song came out in, like nineteen ninety four. Yep, yep, it did. Okay, this is a question that I'm curious about. Do you think Christmas songs should be about Christmas or are they about love? Because I like I was like <laughs> trying to figure out like is this a Christmas song or is this a love song? You mean her about song? Any any of them really. Like 
All I Want for Christmas is You is obviously not about Christmas, but then you have like Santa Baby, which is like a weird sexually <laughs> song about about Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa being like your sugar daddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh. You have like Baby It's Cold Outside, which is like a weird stay in my house song. Yes. Which John Legend and Kelly Clarkson have a really cute version that makes like fun of that. Um, oh, okay, I can get behind that. Yeah. My favorite uh, version of that santa baby song is the michael buble one because he what he, yeah <laughs> he, he sings it because it's funny to me because he sings it in a way that is like i'm gonna i'm gonna be as heterosexual about this as i can and so he changes all the lyrics to like santa buddy and like santa pal and it's like he calls santa dude and i think he goes through every possible like we're just friends, Santa, but he's still singing it in this tone. So, Is he still asking it for asking Santa for stuff though? Yeah, yeah, he's still like, I need the platinum mine, I need, um, you know, the convertible. He's like asking for the same stuff, so it's the same vibe. But he's like, we're best friends, right, Santa? <laughs> I love that. That's funny. I have to listen. I've never heard that before. Oh yeah, that that's a fun one. Um, okay, so Christmas. I feel like now Christmas, like if you listen to the really old Christmas songs, they're definitely uh-huh. more focused on like talking about the holiday, but there always will be kind of that like love and togetherness part of it, I guess. But yeah, recent Christmas songs, like the ones that actually stick around are definitely the ones that are just about love and relationships and all that. Which is interesting because we'll like play like, oh, this is Christmas music, but they're just talking about finding someone yeah. to love, which is... Is it the sleigh bells in the background that makes it a Christmas? Yes. No, there is There is a certain sound. that There's a video about it. There's, like, certain harmonies and chords and the sleigh bells, of course, that, like, make your brain think this is a Christmas song. Oh, that's so interesting. I know, like, Summer Walker, I think, is coming out with a Christmas album. I'll be interested in what that sounds like. I think she has a song with Black. Mm, six um, Black. Or Six Black, Yeah. <laughs> I almost said it because I was like, that's what she's called. <laughs> <laughs> I know his name isn't Six Flag, <laughs> but it's so funny. Oh, and then also, okay, we can stop talking about this after this, but like, be like, I love The Sound of Music, one of my favorite movies. And uh, my favorite thing has been marketed as a Christmas song, and mm. it has nothing to do with Christmas. That one I can't, I don't know, I can't explain. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know why someone was like, this is what we're going to play around Christmas. Is it, I mean, I think it's because they're talking about gifts, but even in the context of the movie, it's like a rainstorm, and she's trying to make them feel mm. better. So, so, <laughs> so I was like, why is this a Christmas song? Is it, and, and here we go, this is just what all the listeners want to hear, is it because Christmas is so uh, commercialized, and it's all <laughs> consumerism now, and so they're like, oh, things to buy people? That's a Christmas song. Remind people that they need to go buy things. Yeah, but she's talking about raindrops. Chris Apple Strudels. I would go buy a Chris. Well, okay, wait. That's that's why it's a Christmas song because she goes doorbells and sleigh bells and jingle and noodles. Mm -hmm. Uh, Keep going. Then she talks. Oh no, we'll get demonetized. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. It's a double entendre. Mm. Getting monetized. (laughs) Yes, yes. There are layers to it, you know. (laughs) Um. Anyway, I we should talk about kid info. Is it just nostalgia again? Because that was like a big movie for people. Have you seen The Sound of Music? No. 
Remember, I, I've seen the pacifier version of the sound of music. <laughs> I know, but I'm like, but who, who is that nostalgic for? Like, uh, well, they're not here anymore. But <laughs> That's yeah, me, but <laughs> came out a long time ago. But well, but it, when did the song become a Christmas staple? Because if it was like in the in the seventies, I don't. People played it at Christmas, and now it's just tradition. But like, no one's really stopped, and it's like, why do we still play this? I don't know, but Luther Vandross has my. It has the favorite version. Or has okay. favorite version. <laughs> Good. Can't talk. Um, so he that must have been in the eighties. So I guess that would still make sense back then. Yeah. About forty years ago. So. So may, that, might, that might be why. I don't know. That yeah. one I'm not going to be but, able to explain. <laughs> but okay. Recommendations. Recommendations. You pro- you've got more. I've got a quick one because I got nothing. But I'll still do an anime thing. So I. I think I already on the podcast told you to watch Attack on Titan, potentially, but the final season, oh, did it just come out yesterday? Um, a lot of stuff came out yesterday, the day. The, yeah, I think Jesus it did. Birthday. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask why I know. <laughs> um, Attack on Titan, last season, it's a, like, the show hides a lot of secrets from you, and at it's like there's a lot of action going on at first, but then it's got some like political factions, some um, like hidden uh, family tree stuff and ideology stuff. And it basically does such a good job of like keeping you guessing on what's going on in the world. Why are these events happening? And it's also like just a uh, very visually interesting because it's giant. It is a little, I mean, I don't think, I've never really seen an anime that was that scary. I don't know why, that doesn't scare me too much, but, um, so I don't, and you watch scary things. But the mouths are so big. Yeah, and they do be eating people. It's a little gory. So it's about titans. Yeah, but there's more going on, because you're like, why are the titans attacking, and, and what's going on? But is it an attack on the Titans? Oh, well, I can't. I mean, there are attacks on Titans, yes, but. But, okay, I gotta watch it. I think you should watch it. Is it on Netflix? At least the first season is. Um, okay. Attack on Titan streaming. I, I think you can probably get most of the seasons uh, either on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Yeah, check it out. Last season, it's a big deal the books or the comics so <laughs> do i want to get into how nerdy this is gonna sound so i <laughs> do yeah i read it's um manga a lot of them yes um for my when i watch anime i'll like watch something and then it'll be like it'll be like one season is out but like 800 chapters of the manga is out and i'm like well i want to know more so i guess we'll just go read it and then i just read the whole thing on online um so 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 is it like a graphic novel yeah 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 okay that's what a manga is yeah essentially okay i don't want to like simplify it too much but i'm just trying nah, to you're good um that's fun yeah it can be the books it yeah go for it there's um all like uh, then you like can, you read it um, right to left. Oh, you lost me. <laughs> it's still in English. Yeah, yeah. You can still find them in English. And, like, you don't have to go backwards in the pages. But when you're on the page, like on your phone, yeah, yeah, you, you read, read right yeah, to left. Like Arabic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I know you didn't read it back. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, if you owned a physical one, you would. <laughs> oh, so you would start it at the back of the book. I think it's like spined on the back. Yeah, like at the yeah. So you wouldn't open it. I think. Well, I guess it depends if, like, if they have it translated all to English, maybe they print it left to right. But, um, I feel like since you're reading right to left. Like in the real Japanese version, I feel like it, it would go the opposite way because that, that would be more natural. Mm. But I don't know. I've not been to Japan, but I sure want backwards? to go. Are, are we as a country just the only country? Oh, yeah. Weird stuff? For sure. Is it just us? We've tricked ourselves and a lot of other people that like what we do is the more normal, correct way. And every other country is like, no, you guys have it all messed up. That's my opinion. Metric system I, versus ours, yeah. you know. That's a classic yeah. example. <laughs> the, like, we're the only weirdos who do stuff. Okay. Yeah. But inter- interesting. I'll have to start watching it. I watched the one you told me about. Um, I haven't Oh, yeah. Which one did I get you to watch? Castlevania. Oh, yeah, yeah, I haven't yeah. started the um, Zeus kind of inspired mm-hmm. one. Because it just kind of, is it just Hercules? I think so. Well, I've heard it's it's more similar. I've never read the Percy Jackson books, but I've heard it's very similar to those. Uh, I've never um, watched those movies. Mm-hmm, I, I think the ja- the Percy Jackson. This is gonna sound really weird. It's such a black name to me, and then the <laughs> juxtaposition of this of the, young white man yeah. <laughs> is just too hard for my brain to like wrap. Yeah. I couldn't understand it. I was like, that can't be Percy Jackson. It doesn't look like a Percy. Not, not my Percy Jackson. <laughs> Right. It was just rough. I don't know. Well, luckily, um, I've heard the movies are horrible, so don't worry about it. Yeah, I think I worked at the movie theater when they were out. And that didn't inspire you to go ago. watch it? No, because I was just like, I don't get it. Yeah, fair. It was like Chronicles of Narnia, but worse. Because Chronicles mm. of Narnia is really good. I like Chronicles of Narnia, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, if, you get, okay, if you're going to watch so, an anime, I don't know if you want to try the subbed version with the subtitles at the bottom or the dub version where they dub over it in English? Uh, I like dub. Dubs are fine. Okay. If you don't read people's lips. Yes. I think like, cartoon, so I guess it doesn't matter. I think on Netflix at least the, they'd have the dub stuff, but like sometimes, like if you get caught up on a show, you might get to the point where they haven't translated English dubs yet, so you have to find the subtitled one or just read it like you said. I think I've messed up my Netflix because I watch a lot of, um, foreign films oh so your recommendations are all foreign yeah i'm like and they look so good but then the dubs sometimes are not that great Mm -hmm. so then it's really distracting and i'm like i wish you guys would just subtitle it yeah they don't um do you watch everything with subtitles on i do i do too (laughs) and i think that's messing up my brain also because like i feel like i'm not looking at the screen fully and like really taking in the scene i'm just reading everything at the bottom of the scene but then I feel like you don't hear some of the stuff. Yeah, exactly. How do I get a job doing that? Just watching TV all day, but just translate, doing the subtitles. Um, you could probably apply to do that. It doesn't sound fun. <laughs> it doesn't? <laughs> to, like, write out the subtitles? Yeah. You don't even want to do that for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> True. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> like... Go with your recommendations. <laughs> okay. Um, so I've been uh, looking into the Nexium cult. Okay, which one is that? Is that the one with the... Well, tell me about it. 
the Nexium cult is the one with like the sex slaves, but it really started off as like um, this multi-level marketing. He had like multiple um, scams, and whenever one would get shut down and he would get sued for it, he started a new one. So Nexium started off as something like um, some executive program where people, you know, went in to reach their full potential and you know um, cross barriers and be your best self, but then. There was another part of it called DAWs, and they would indoctrinate women, and they were slaves, and he was the master, mm. and oh, it was just so I don't like, I don't so like hearing about it. Yeah, it was really bad. This is the and one, like, I was going to ask if this is the one where the Smallville actress was part of it, and it is. Yeah, and like, so we've you've heard about it in yes. the news, but you should watch, there's like eight documentaries on it, and I've watched three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like in it. Um, but just the extent to which he went and, like, some of the videos show him saying, like, these very abusive, mm. troubling, psychopathic Yikes. things that no one was questioning. It just shows you how far, like, um, these kind of self-help gurus are. It kind of opened up an idea. There's a couple psychiatrists in the um, program. Anyway, this is my recommendation. Yes. But a couple of them go... <laughs> Because he preached that um, if you felt like a victim, then you were allowing yourself to be victimized. So it was never like shame on the person who's abusing you. It was shame on yourself oh, for feeling awful. like a victim. Right. So whenever something felt wrong to anyone, it was like, oh, no, like I'm not taking this the right way. I need to be stronger. I need to work on myself more because I feel victimized. So he's basically teaching people – not to feel victimized when they were being victimized and it's just really dangerous and yeah then those people would in turn add more sex slaves to the system and it was just like this ongoing thing and they got branded oh my goodness um crazy. i don't really understand what his end goal was except for they kind of alluded to like was he making money people. They were making money um, just like the same way any like self-help person is like, pay me $5,000 mm. and you can take this class and the next class is $3,000, but you're doing so great. Just, you know, milking uh, people. They were also funded by the Seagram's Air, Air heiresses. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so they're like billionaires, which is interesting. Never thought about Seagram's being a billion dollar company, but makes sense. Um, so they like funded everything. So they basically had like untapped money because if there was ever a lawsuit these billionaires were backing him right um so you and you can't stop just like with the jeffrey epstein stuff you can't like money wins yeah it's power yeah it's terrifying so it's really hard to um stop what else was i about to say uh like his end goal like he was just oh yeah 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 they were trying to get people into congress so they were looking just for influential people basically and they were going to have them run for Congress and have them mm. mayors and governors and eventually, you know, get in the White House and be on a cabinet or something. And then so they would have power in very high places, basically. So he's trying to take over the world, I guess. I don't like that at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it either. And it's it's scary because he was very close. Um, I think the only reason it didn't happen was because one lady wanted her daughter back. But yeah, she was just like, nah, I'm good. It's crazy. And they'd still be going on. And I guess the cult still exists, even though I think he just got, um, uh, what is the word? Sentenced. Thank you. 
to like a hundred and thirty life sentences. That could be why. Oh. He got sentenced to like so maybe one hundred thirty years or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was really hard to prosecute him too. They talk about so they're like trying to like lobby to get laws changed and stuff. So it's really scary. Yeah. And these like white co- collar crimes kind of happen because there's no way to. And on that scale too. Yeah. That's crazy. Anyway, I recommend um, the seduced one. There's a couple episodes of another one on like this cult um, TV show on Hulu. There's a HBO one, but the seduced one I think is Showtime. Okay. Anyway, it's very interesting. Um, and then I'm starting a new book called Utopia for Realists. Oh, that sounds and like you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's basically a book on like a 15-hour work week, um, mm-hmm. universal pay, you know, all that communist stuff. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I recommend that. I guess I shouldn't recommend it, but I'm about to do it. Big Mouth season four came out. I'm excited to watch that. That's a show Friday that I've been told Christmas to watch. Special. Yes, sorry. Um, I mean to cut Thank you off. That's a show that I've been told to watch many times, and I have not watched it. It seemed. It took me a while to get into. It seemed too, like raunchy, raunchy, crude. Like where I was just yeah. like, I don't know if I want to watch this. But I get that it's very well written and like clever, and I get that it would be like you'd watch it and be like, oh, I remember like that being a big deal, uh, like an, as a kid or whatever. So. I, I get why it's a big show, but I've just never been able to be like, I'm going to sit down and watch this. The first, It took me maybe a year and a half to get through the first episode because oh. <laughs> I felt the same way. I was like, ugh, what is this? Yeah. No, I don't want to watch it. But once you get past, like, give it a try. Okay. If you can. If it takes you three years, that's fine. I'll give it as many years um. as I can. <laughs> but it's it's just funny. It's uh, I'm not a huge fan of Nick Kroll. I've yeah. met him in person or whatever oh but was he a fan of you i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> i think he's just like another human being um that's fair but john mulaney's in it <laughs> oh i, I love john mulaney in it i love her uh jordan peele's in it yeah okay um, you make me think maybe i should i should watch it yeah if anything watch it for my Rosal. she's great okay yeah I can do but that. the first episode is rough, I will say. It is definitely crude, but um, it's funny. I like it. It's funny. Okay, cool, cool. Anything else you got? Uh, my calendar says today nothing is going to work out, and there is nothing <laughs> you can do about it. Okay, I forgot about the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Great, thanks so much. <laughs> oh, that is it. Uh, just... Hang in there, guys. I think all of us are going back into lockdown. I don't know what's going on. It seems that way. But just watch Lifetime Channel 24-7 for Christmas (laughs) movies. (laughs) That's all you need in life. A bad Christmas movie? Ooh. Yeah. You don't think so? No, I'm agreeing. I'm saying like, ooh, yeah. (laughs) Agree. Cool. (laughs) You should see my hand movement. You're right. I don't have a view. (laughs) Um, Okay, cool. Well, then, yeah. If we've got nothing else been a great episode with you alexis thank you lovely talking to you yes and we'll talk again soon and bye everybody bye